church. Today's scripture reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the first chapter to the first to the third verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able, please stand for the reading. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people together with all those everywhere who called on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Again, we want to thank our uh, praise team. Uh, Sister Jones is just doing an incredible job uh, just blessing us uh, with our praise. Um, we are starting, as I shared, we're starting our new systematic study of uh, Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth. And I do want to take time to thank um, Dr. Nystrom for uh, providing the overview a few weeks ago in terms of uh, just laying the, the foundation, if you will, for uh, uh, Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church and to uh, uh, Minister Nate, too, for his introductory message. Um, but I want to invite you all to, to, to walk with us on this journey. It'll be a, probably a year plus uh, uh, as we step through this, we're, we're not we're not in a hurry to go through this. We're intentional about uh, to wit today three verses. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll deal with all of three verses. Uh, it's important that we understand, as one of my professors would always intone, what does the text say? Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. But what does the text say? And to see the text in terms of its context and setting uh, in which it was giving, uh, given and the relevant today. See, you know, just, you, we don't do animal sacrifices. You know, we, we, we just don't. You know, God doesn't call us to do it. And uh, I still contend that if we, if we had to kill our food, there'd be a lot of vegetarians. So I, there, there, would just be a, there would just be a lot of vegetarians. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, so it's, it's, we just can't take a wooden application of the text and say, oh, well, this is what it means, and boom, let's, 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 apply, let's apply it. Uh, what does the text say, and what is the context and setting uh, in which it was given? Um, so as we unpack, unpack 1 Corinthians, hopefully we'll see uh, uh, a lot of the questions that were, that were posited, that were put forward by the, by the church to Paul, uh, and some of the things that Paul heard about and he responded to. And we will see with surprising relevance, or maybe not surprising, uh, how, how much it reflects who we are today. So uh, we want to look at the first verse of the first chapter, and we see Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. Uh, Paul begins his letter much like uh, his others in the standard format of the time, A to B. You know, it's like in where we say, Dear Erica. And then you may not know who's actually writing the letter until you get down to the very end. Uh, it's like, Sincerely, Pastor Meeks. It's like, No, it's like, I'm Paul. This is to Erica. This is to the church at Corinth. 
uh, salutations and greetings. So that's, it's followed the same format. But I want you to look at, look, look, <laughs> look carefully. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ. A call, literally, it means to be summoned. And to be summoned in such a way that I can't refuse. You know, like the mafia folks do. I got a deal for you. You just can't refuse. Paul was summoned, and it wasn't like, do you mind coming out first Saturday to help pull weeds? No, no, no. It's like, come out first Saturday and pull the weeds. Okay. If you say so. That's the call that Paul is referring to. Think about it. You know, he writes that he was called in such a way that refusal was not a choice. But we all have choices, right? Yeah, just read Facebook and then the, the, the choice du jour uh, that seems to be going around uh, right now. Uh, Paul said that he was called in a way that he couldn't refuse, and it was by the will, literally the mind of God. The mind of God called me forced me, compelled me to do what I'm doing. I, I, I'm, he called me to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. The call, which he could not refuse, determined his behavior. Pastor Nate, I get it. I hope you get it. The call that he was given determined his behavior. You know, I was, I was, I was uh, talking to someone, uh, names will be changed to protect the innocent, nobody at City Church, but the person said, I want you to talk to uh, some of my ministers because they say they want to be a pastor. Okay, let's unpack that for a minute. They say they want to be a pastor, I guess, you know, architect, engineer, doctor, lawyer wasn't available, so I'll be a pastor. I'll be a pastor. I let, let me do this pastoring gig. Why? Why? I mean, I mean, I mean let, me, let, me, let me just step over here and not over there. Why would anyone in their right mind say, I want to do that? Who would, who, I want to do that. I, I, I want, no, 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 no. Paul said, I was called, I was given, I was compelled by the mind, the will of God to do something that I didn't have a choice in doing. I was, and, and he's having to present this because obviously, as we'll see later on in the letter, uh, folks were questioning, see, you weren't even part, you weren't even part of the dozen. You, were, you weren't one of the disciples. You didn't roll with him. Uh, you weren't even there at Pentecost. It's like, so, so who are you? It's like, who I am is the one that was given a call that I couldn't refuse, that I don't even, I, I'm putting words in Paul's mouth, I don't even want to do this. But I'm called to do it. And I don't do it grudgingly. I was like, okay, Lord, if, 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 you, if you pull in a Jonah, if you just drag me along, I'll, no, no, no. I'm called to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm called to do it, and I'm going to gladly do it. Yeah? Uh, uh. 
I've shared this story before, I share now. Uh, it was a Thursday night, I don't even know what year, uh, kind of, if I think really hard, I can probably figure it out, but it was Thursday night. And as I share it, I was doing all the, uh, all the religious things that we like to do. I pulled the weeds on first Saturday. I sang in the choir. It wasn't very good, but I sang. Yeah, just, I led youth group. I did, I did, I did the stuff. And I, and, I, and I even kicked in money in the offering plate. I did the stuff. And God was like, you're not hearing what I'm saying. It was a Thursday night. I know this doesn't happen these days. But, but all I can say, like Paul was knocked off his beast, Mark was knocked off his feet. And I'm in a, in a fetal position on a Thursday night, somewhere in a, in a row of a pew, just laying on the floor in a fetal position. And all I could say was, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And I kept saying that over and over and over and over again. Well, life and, and Mark gets in the way and start making decisions. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget. You can ask uh, Pastor Bird after, uh, after ministry, after uh, worship service. We were both worshiping at a common, uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a ministry, doing what we're supposed to be doing. And just like we do during fellowship period, just kind of casually just walk alongside and say, whenever you get around to acknowledging what God called you to do, let me know. Close curtain, move on. That was, that was years ago. See, there are, there are calls, then there are calls. I, I, I want to be a pastor. Go take two aspirin. <laughs> Call in the morning. I want to be. I want to be an apostle. Uh, go to sleep. Go 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 to go go, go, go to sleep. No no no. It's, you're having a nightmare right now. Just don't. Uh, as we unpack this, we again we'll see. Folks question Paul's authority. Who are you? What am I saying? What I'm saying is don't allow, including yourself, don't allow others or where you're at right now to determine what the call is on your life. See, only you and God. You may not even know, but God definitely knows this is what I've called you to do. You, you are supposed to be doing fill in the blank. And we'll play with it, we'll think about it, we'll, we'll mull it around. It's like, but you know you're supposed to do this. Well, Lord, you know, I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a lot of life. Uh, um, your past or what others say doesn't determine your calling. God determines your calling. God determines your calling. God determines your calling. If, if he... Paul, Paul was, he persecuted the church. He was doing the religious stuff. He was doing it, and God said, nope, this is, I'm taking you from there to here, and you're going to do my bidding. Well, others didn't see it in that context, didn't see it in that way. Who does he think he is? Who does he think he is? It's just like, I'm Paul. I was given a call I couldn't refuse. 
by the mind of God. That's why I'm writing this letter to you dysfunctional people. Uh, um, so Paul slips in his credentials, uh, and he does it with humility. Well, where do you see that, Pastor? Uh, where do you where do you see? Again, we don't. We, for those of you who are new to uh, our systematic teaching, we we don't get very far very fast. So, uh, so, so where's the humility in this first verse? And our brother Sosthenes. And our brother Sosthenes. Uh, I hear you. Uh, why do you say humility? Look at the look at it. He includes our brother Sosthenes. He doesn't say that Sosthenes is a fellow apostle. He doesn't call him that. He doesn't even imply he's a co-author, although some speculate that maybe he was the scribe uh, for the letter as Paul dictated. Uh, but, but what he does imply is that there is a we, not just a me. I'm writing this letter to this church at Corinth, and I, I'm an apostle by calling, not by me grabbing a title. Uh, I'm an apostle by calling... And, and what, what, what do we have here? Uh, we have not just me, but my brother Sosthenes. So I am elevating him or I'm lowering myself, however you, I'm making this plane, uh, I'm, I'm making, I'm putting this on the same plane of ministry. I've got a call. He's got a call. We're doing this together. As, as I keep saying, from creation to salvation to uh, our eschatological destiny, we are called to be in community. And Paul is saying that the one who is community has saved and commissioned me, and I'm here with my brother, Sosthenes. I know, you, Pastor, you're making a big point of this. No, see, that's the problem, is because we tend to fly solo in ministry. We tend to do, we tend to, well, this is mine. This is mine. This is, this is what, this is my ministry. This is my response. And God is like, look, when you're, when you're dead and assume room temperature, do you think my ministry is going to stop? What do you think? I mean, come on now. I'm God. You're not. Read your resume. Just, just understand. Read your resume. Understand that we have been given temporary stewardship. Just temporary. Again, we shared in this beautiful edifice. This, this, this beautiful, uh, they celebrated the centennial here. They said the people that, that, that laid the floor, put the beams in, hung the chandeliers, name one person you can't. They're not here. Many have gone on to be with the Lord. The, 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 the ministry as a, as, a, as a 501c3 does not exist anymore. And they celebrated 100 years. City Church, we've been here. Six. 100 years. How? It's a wee not uh, me. So this is the same, this is probably, probably, we don't know for sure, this is probably the same Sosthenes in the 18th chapter of Acts, I hope you brought your pencil and paper, uh, where we read that Paul let, when, when Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, he ministered in Corinth for a year and a half, and he was pretty successful. Yeah, folks were getting converted. As a matter of fact, Crispus, who was the synagogue leader in, in Corinth, converted to Christianity, and, and it, was, it, was, it was going well. And so the people are like, hey, the, the Jews of the time were saying, look, they're, they're messing up our flow. What's, what's going on here? 
So they take him to the uh, to the to the to the Roman authorities. It's like, hey, this is this is your stuff. This has got nothing to do with civil stuff. This is this is all about your religious stuff. You handle your business. Well, they did. They beat up the guy who was happened to be the the synagogue leader at the time, and it happened to be Sosthenes. They beat the snot out of him. They just just beat him up. And so now Sosthenes is with Paul, writing back to the church at Corinth. You can't make this stuff up. So as I said, wherever you are, wherever you are in, in, your, in your course of life, in your course, man, man, I just got beat up. Hey, just, just give it time. You might be writing a letter back. <laughs> with Paul, is, with, in the presence of Paul, back to the people that uh, were in the community where you got beat up. Just give it time. Uh, God has a path for us. It's not a straight line, and it's very unpredictable. He's got a path for us. It's not a straight line, and it's not very predictable, because if it was, then you wouldn't need faith. And, and we, we walk by faith. Uh, so Paul is with Sosthenes, and he writes to the church of God in Corinth. I mean, this is, this, is, this is like so good. I mean, I could, I could just literally, I could park here and we can just, just tease this different ways for, for, for several Sundays, but we can't. Uh, Corinth was the, the quintessential commercial city of its day. Uh, as one theologian uh, uh, that I read wrote, it was the vanity fair of the Roman Empire. I like that. It was the vanity fair of the Roman Empire. So I kind of liken it to think of it as a, as a combo New York, uh, Las Vegas. Think of New York and Las Vegas kind of mushed together. You know, you got, you've got all the power and the culture. And the, oh, a few years ago, we don't show, we don't get out around too much. A few years ago, we had the occasion, I think it was about 10 years ago, Sister Meeks and I and a couple of our kids went to New York. And I commented to a cousin who lived there, I said, it's unfair. New York is unfair. It's like, you've got so much going on in this little Manhattan island. It just, it's just like you just catch a little bus and you can go see Radio City Music Hall, uh, uh, Grand Central Station, uh, uh, Madison Square Garden, uh, Empire State Building, Chrysler Building, you, Central Park. You can see all of that right there. And then throw on top of that Las Vegas. I know, y'all ain't never been to Las Vegas. I just, <laughs> you don't even know Las Vegas? Where is that, Pastor? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. What goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas, all right? Uh, it offered everything to everybody, and it was an extremely immoral city. So when they called you a Corinthian, a Las Vegasian, and, uh, or whatever, uh, they called you a Corinthian, it wasn't a compliment. It was like, man, you were, you were, you were messed up, actually. <laughs> sure, Corinthian, you, you were pretty bad. But yet, in the middle of this extreme morality, immorality, a church was established to the church of God in Corinth. Uh, see, we'll see the dysfunction as we, we plow through the letter, but uh, considering its cultural and social uh, and, and also the fact that it's a nascent, it's a new ministry, I give, I, give, I give the church of Corinth a lot of slack. I know, I know. I, did you see what's going to Look, look, they're new. They're in Vegas, New York. And, and, and they're, they're trying to put a, pull it together. 
we've got the benefit of canon scripture. We've got history. We've got the Holy Spirit indwelling us. And, and, and let me just leave it right there. Uh, so, but keep in mind, Paul may have helped establish, and he did help establish the church, but it's the church of God. It's his church. So who is this Corinthian church? I'm glad you asked. To those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. Again, just get your pencils ready, uh, take note. The word translated sanctified, it's a verb, and it's in the perfect passive, which means it's a completed, not an ongoing act, uh, and it was something done to them, not something they did of their own. I'll get back to that in a minute. Here, sanctified means to be or become as dedicated to God, either in distinction or in devotion or in moral purity. See, it's the same word etymology uh, used to describe what God did at the creation of the world in Genesis 2 and 3. Well, what does that say? God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it. He made it holy. I don't know about you, but I don't always feel holy. Thanks be to God. It's not about how I feel. What God makes holy is holy. What God makes holy is holy. It's, we'll get to that. Um, in the middle of New York, Las Vegas, is a group of people that have been dedicated to God, which goes to prove that your environment can't, well, I can't do it because I'm in a family and they're just so, they, don't, 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 don't bring me that stuff. Don't, I, that dog won't hunt. That dog won't hunt. Oh, my, 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 but my family, and they're, and they're pulling me back. Now, if they could do it in New York, Las Vegas, you could do it at your house. I don't, I don't, I don't care what's going on at your house. That's some serious mess going on there. Um, it can influence you, but it does not determine who you are, and more importantly, who you are, whose you are. So the church in Corinth, the church in North Oak Park, it's not an organization or denomination but it's made up of people that have been separated from everyone else as a result of our relationship with Christ Jesus. And Paul adds, called. The same word as he used to describe himself in verse 1, called without an option uh, to refuse to be his holy people. Holy people. It's a word that is similar to that used for sanctified, but instead of a verb, now it's an adjective, which implies personal behavior. It's all going to make sense in a second, and we'll all go home. Sister Meeks and I, or no, actually not I, Sister Meeks has this little, little disciplinary device. It's called Mr. Spoon. It's called Mr. Spoon. It's a little wooden spoon, long handle. She threatens, but I don't think she's ever used it. She used it once, I think. I think she used it once. 
Nobody from CPS, no, no, just, just, <laughs> she used it once. And so now it's become a running joke with our grandkids. You better behave, Mr. Spoon will get you. Mr. Spoon will get you. And so we were teasing one of our grandkids, and we said, uh, uh, I said, I said, how about we get Mr. Spoon on EMA? That's the term of endearment that we use for uh, Sister Meeks, for the grandkids. How about we get Mr. Spoon on EMA? She thought about it. She said, no, Ema's a good girl. Ema's a good girl. But she did add, let's, get, let's, let's use it on Abba. It's just me. It's just like, I don't know where she got that from. But what she did convey in her childlike innocence was Ema's behavior did not warrant Mr. Spoon. She was behaving in a way that Emas, or grandmothers, ought to behave, whatever that is. Paul, Paul will develop this later in uh, uh, the sixth chapter when he describes certain behavior that is to be expected with transformation. We'll look at it briefly now. And he says in the 9b portion, he says, do not be deceived. Neither the, I'm just dealing with the text. So don't, I'm just dealing with the text. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindle, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. And Peter in his first letter writes, talking about us, the church, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. What are you saying, Pastor Meeks? What I'm saying is, as followers of Jesus Christ, we act different because we are different. We act different because we are different. Too often, we've got it the other way around. We try and act differently so we can be differently. As I always say, that lasts about a good 30 seconds. Somewhere after the 30th second, the 31, I'm, I'm, I'm going to think the wrong thing. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to do the wrong thing. But if I am different, then my behavior will follow. Um, if there is no, so, so the implication is, if there's no desire to align in thought, desire, or action with Christ, we really should question if we've been transformed. If our life is kind of, you know, you know, hey, you know, I, I like to do naughty things, you know? It's just like, really? Seriously. I mean, it's one thing, as Paul said in the book of Romans, it's like the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. He's not saying, I like to do naughty things. That's worldly behavior. That's Corinthian behavior. That's New York, Las Vegas behavior. Uh, see, I could put on the uniform of a team. It might work for the Sacramento Kings, but that's a different, different, total, totally different. I love the Kings, but they're bad, okay? Uh, I could put on the uniform of a team. That doesn't make me a part of the team. And it definitely doesn't mean that I have the skill and the ability to perform. Since me putting on the Kings, and you see folks in it, you know, typically those with pot bellies, it's like you got a Kings jersey. I'm not calling you in to, 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 to shoot threes. No, just because you have the uniform on doesn't make you a part of the team. 
Uh, no, on the other hand, if I'm on the team, there's a performance expectation. That's why folks, some look at some centers, you know, I'll, I'll leave them alone. It's like, man, you've got all the skills and the abilities. Why do you just shrivel up when game time comes? Well, you, you've got the physical attributes, but there's something else that's going on that's not allowing you to perform to the level you should be performing at. Otherwise, what's the point on being a team, being on the team? Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm going to always, like, like we saw, yeah, for those of you basketball fans, it's an incredible shot uh, that, that LeBron uh, uh, they, they'd hit the other guy. I'm not a Cavaliers fan, but it's like, you got to tip your cap, and they're like, man, that's a shot. He didn't just do that. He's like, well, you know what, let me, here, put my popcorn down. Let me go out there. And it's like, no, that's the result of a lot of practice, a lot of hours in the gym. And so it comes off looking like, Oh, man, he just floated that thing left-handed, fading away, falling to his side, and it, it went in. What a lucky shot. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, over the arc of time, you should be able to see in me and in you that I am rightly a member of the team. Uh, you've seen those, those, those situations. You may have been in those situations where you've, been, you've known someone for a long period of time, and at some point they confess you know, uh, you know, I, I worship, and I, I, I'm a Christian. And you're kind of like, you're trying to keep your face playing. It's like, <laughs> you never would have guessed. Man, shocked me. Really shocked me uh, that, you, well, uh, we have the Holy Spirit of God in us that enable us to do the things we can't do and to go the places we're afraid to travel. So look at how Paul concludes the second verse. Together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. You and I, as I said before, are not independent operators. We are co-laborers. We are interdependent. And all of us are following and dependent on our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm closing. Uh, I mentioned that uh, grace is the word that I've embraced, uh, both personally and collectively. Uh, if... if, if uh, what not if. When that time comes, uh, you keep Sister Meeks, hold her feet to the fire uh, on my tombstone. Somewhere in there, uh, I want grace. I want the word grace etched on there. I really do. I'm serious as I, everything in me. Uh, but there's a, a word that's maybe not quite there, but it's pretty close. It's relationship. Grace and relationship. Uh, let me tell you. The evil one is constantly attempting to convince you that God doesn't love you and that you're not worthy of his grace. That, that's, that's constantly, that's the battle. You know what you thought. You know what you did. You know who you are. You just, just constantly. See, and, and, and the other thing that the evil one is constantly doing is he's attempting to divide us uh, from him and from one another. That's why he's called the evil one, not the nice one. Uh, so Paul here, Paul underscores, highlights, circles, bullet points uh, that we are the beneficiaries of grace and that we are in relationship with Christ and with each other. And if that point wasn't clear enough, verse 3, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. How we view Paul's letter uh, to uh, New York, Las Vegas, uh, Corinth, 
will be determined largely how we see ourselves. How we look as we walk through this, how we see this letter, it really is, it, 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 trust me, you'll, you'll say, Pastor, you are so right. It'll be a reflection on how we see ourselves. Uh, the older I get, I won't say I, I'm, the wiser I become, uh, but what I do is I better understand how much grace, patience, and love has been extended to me. And as I see how much grace, patience, and love has been extended to me, and how much the how much the Father has done for me, for us, He gave us the very best so we could be in relationship. The very least I can do is one to extend that grace, patience, and love to others, and to see that I am not where I need to be, but I'm on that path to where God wants me to be. Because He's the one that has commissioned me, has commissioned us. And as we are in right relationship with him, we are in right relationship with one another, and we are better able to do the things God has called us to do, whatever they are. You fill in the blank in your own life. Um, go where he wants us to go. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray.